you're in the 06010. Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico and see all the ways you could save. It is Thursday, March 23rd. Great day to be great. Field, Stefania, Daniel back for more. And before we get to some under and overachievers from the 2022 season, and we forecast for at least a little bit their 2023 outlook, a little bit of news as it pertains to the fantasy game on ESPN. What? Daniel. There's news for us, Field mm-hmm. Jates? The fantasy mm-hmm. app yeah. and game is open for you to dive back into your teams. You got dynasty teams. You got redraft leagues. You want to look at stuff. The game is officially open so you can dive back into the fantasy app and get all of your fantasy fixes that you need while you listen to the podcast. I did 94. 94. Mock drafts. Good for you. So yes. many mock drafts. Yes. I, I was busy. I, I, yeah. I wasn't busy. I should say. I what is it that you need to cut out of your life in order to get to that even 100? Um, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, you know? You know what? I've been watching a lot of television recently, not just ESPN. Okay. Have you guys watched Shrinking on Apple TV? I have no. seen previews. Not previews. I've seen it as the little mm, tile, so but I have good. not clicked it. Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford. They're just brilliant. The entire cast. Really good. Sort of I've been like, I watched Harrison Ford in, in another show. Well, nineteen twenty-three. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. amazing. He's unbelievable. So amazing. I've heard of Harrison Ford, guys. He's like yeah. eighty. He doesn't look it. He doesn't. <laughs> That was neat. Stop it. No, that was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> I love Harrison Ford. Do you remember the? Do you know the first Harrison Ford movie you ever saw? Yeah, uh, Star Wars. Probably Star Wars. Yeah. Really? Well, mm-hmm. my first one, shoot, and now I'm going to put you on the Indiana spot. Jones? And I'm going to forget about it. No, it's the car movie with the freaking. Um, oh gosh. Mm. And it was uh, from a long, long time ago, and it was American Graffiti. Oh, he was, I forgot he was in that. He was the, I don't know if he was the quote-unquote bad guy in American Graffiti, but he was one of the guys that they were going to race against. That was oh. like the first times wow. that I ever saw Harrison Ford. My mom and dad made sure that I watched it. Love it. All right, American Graffiti on the list we have to watch. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through players and under or overachieved last year and just... I don't know about like a deep dive, but just sort of a, Let's like I say Justin it. Herbert, you say better or worse than last year, which is where we're going to start is Justin Herbert scored 43 fewer fantasy points than expected. He was quarterback 15 last year, Daniel. Better or worse this year? I think he's going to be better this year. By the way, these are expected fantasy points, which you can check out on Mike Clay's article available on ESPN.com right now. Here's the thing that worries me about Justin Herbert. Finishes quarterback 15, 16 and a half points per game. He had more completions, attempts, and passing yards to running backs than any other quarterback last season. And now his running back, Austin Eckler, no longer going to be on the team. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. All right, no longer. We're talking about maybe Austin Eckler moving on. By the way, um, if you haven't heard it, there was a great Austin Eckler, uh, Chris Long conversation on YouTube. I posted something about it. It's fantastic. And I'll tell you why. Um, I love Austin Eckler to begin with because I think he's very candid and open and and also supports fantasy. So all the things that we love. But he talked a lot about exactly what it means to seek, uh, you know, permission to seek a trade um, and running back values. And you guys know I have harped on this that I feel like running backs should get shorter contracts because the length of career and how they're undervalued because of injury risk, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where Austin Eckler finds himself, right? Mm -hmm. Like who is going to pay what Austin Eckler thinks he deserves and probably does deserve. And so I think part of San Diego's ability to say, yeah, go out and see what you can get is probably not going to get it. And so he he is prepared to honor this last year of his contract with play. San Diego. Right. And I think that right. at the end of the day, that could very much be Do what you think happens. that happens, Fields? LA. I don't, you know what? Sorry, I was too bad. Yeah. Uh, 
Excuse me. Charger. 15 pages for Stefan. <laughs> Old habits now. die hard. Old habits die You guys are sitting here talking about, you know, the problem is that, like, while we love Austin Eckler and everything he had to say, how do we feel about Chris Long? Because I got to be honest with you. Some days, <laughs> I don't love Chris Long. You want to know why? <laughs> Tell me why. Because our guy, Chris Long, who had an incredible career in the NFL, yeah. number two overall pick, played in 11 seasons, I think he it wins was, at life. won two Super Bowls. <laughs> Uh, I think he had 70 career sacks. Just a great guy. He's been incredibly kind. He's good on, great on Twitter. Yeah. Yes, he is. And he started the podcast, and he just absolutely owns it and crushes right. it. I know. That's what so I mean. He wins at life. The guy wins at life. Right? It's coming from envy, Chris. Listen, I'm it, jealous it, of how good you are and how many great guests really good. you guys get on that show. It's always <laughs> worth a listen. Um, both the Long Brothers, incredibly yeah. insightful and entertaining. Uh, no, more seriously, and back to the point here, is that the Eckler situation is really tricky. Um Stefania laid it out pretty well there. But the teams that are considering an Austin Eckler trade are considering two factors. What's the compensation? Right. And the Chargers aren't just going to give him away. Right, right. They, pick, gets, right? they get to help dictate. It's got to be a know, reasonable what, price. What are they going to get for yep. it? Um, that being said, it's not just that. It's also the, the contract, right? And yeah. are going to pay full freight twice? And that, to me, is an interesting one. But I'm more encouraged by Justin Herbert, not because of what happens with Austin Eckler, but because of the coordinator change. I was just going to say that. Yeah, Kellen Moore <clears throat> being there, I think, totally helps. And yeah. also, Justin Herbert was so hurt last year. I mean, we all remember the rib injury, and he played through that, and not very well for a while. So add yeah. fat, factor that into the stats. Had off-season surgery on his opposite shoulder to repair a torn labrum. Um, he just there were a lot of things I think that were impacting his playmaking, whether it was his health, uh, the offense that they were running, what have you, that I think are going to be different this year. This is not I, I should have this data available, but no, I'll be quick here. But if you did a heat map of like the average yards per throw for Justin Herbert last year under Joe Lombardi, vis-a-vis where it expects where I expected to be this year, you look at Dak Prescott under Kellen Moore. They're playing a different sport. Yeah. So, um, no, they don't have, you know, Keenan Allen's a great player, but not a vertical stretcher. Uh, Mike Williams is a vertical stretcher. Josh Palmer can be a vertical stretcher. I think the Chargers offense is much more aggressive this season. I'm stock up. He also didn't rush at all last year. For the, <laughs> yeah. And a part of that was, you know, him being hurt. Didn't get in the end zone once. He's one of like four quarterbacks that didn't have a rushing touchdown. Which I don't even need him to be like a designed yeah. no. like runner. No. Just like he'll get you some chunk plays because he is a very good athlete as a scrambler. Jonathan Taylor, up or down next year, Daniel? I'm going to default to Stefania on this one. Stefania, you and I talked to Jonathan Taylor. There's nowhere to go but up. You've got to go up up from there. It it was a bad injury that was problematic all year. I just wipe it off the slate. Okay, so I'm all in on Jonathan Taylor if Stefania doesn't have any concern on the field. I'm there. Yeah, I'm there too, Daniel. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong for him last year. The offensive line played really poorly. They're going to get a real quarterback this year too. It was a disaster. The owner meddled with the quarterback play. They should have a better quarterback. Things would be much better for Jonathan Taylor and... We'll see how things uh, go when we get closer to the season. But as of right now, you're getting him at a discount yeah. because people are weary of drafting Jonathan Taylor. And by the way, people were weary of drafting Christian McCaffrey last year. How did that work out? Pretty well. <laughs> well, I guess if you drafted him, it worked out yeah, pretty well. It worked out poorly yeah. if you avoided him. Right? Like, yeah. It's fantasy football. It's a year. To, it's not. It's Be very careful about recency bias. It's instructive in mm-hmm. some ways, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Let's go to Dalvin Cook, who had 25 fewer fantasy points than expected. But candidly, I don't know that it felt that bad. I thought he felt kind of like where he was, right? You want to know why? To me, it's because for the first time ever, he played a full season. 
Yeah. And that was a big part of it for me with Dalvin Cook, even though like it maybe it didn't feel like you're saying. Like, I didn't feel disappointed, but it's because he played every single game and every other year that I've rostered Dalvin Cook, I've had to find backups to fill in for him multiple times throughout the year. So I don't know. I didn't this didn't feel as big to me as what it looks here on paper. But Stefania, first time ever. Him staying healthy for an entire season. I mean, that's just. Well, he did have a little problem with his shoulder, but he was able to play through it. And that's what he had done for a couple of years. But interestingly, got off season surgery, stabilization surgery, so that that should be a non issue going forward. You know, this has been a risk factor for him for now several years in a row. So uh, I thought it was interesting that he decided to do it. Uh, May have been more problematic for him than we actually realized. It didn't translate that much in terms of what he was able to do on the field, Um, but certainly something he was dealing with. So, yeah, there's some speculation he could be traded this offseason that hasn't happened yet and at this point you kind of thought that i mean him and alexander madison together madison got a pretty legit contract which you know i have my antenna up there still but i I, my guess would be any kind of movement on a dalvin cook trade might be closer to the draft as we know every year during the draft there are a few veterans that are floated as potential trade targets you may have heard that aj brown was traded last year at the draft kyle pitts had i don't know how it was only 31 fewer fantasy points than expected but 31 (laughs) fewer fantasy points than expected daniel please 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 tell me it's got to go up well, it has to go up, but I'm still a little nervous about it. I, I fully expect, in talking with my buddy Mike Rothstein, it sounds like the Falcons are ready for Desmond Ritter to be their guy. They brought in Taylor Heineke to be their backup. We'll see. I know you, you know, in, in talking about the first draft podcast field, you're plugged in with Mel and Todd. It doesn't it doesn't feel like they're going to go with the quarterback to me in the first round. So now I'm looking, I'm just looking at Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter being able to help Kyle Pitts with the addition of Janu Smith and still having... Drake London there, it's got to be better than it was last year because of all the things. Like that's that's it, right? You you're the one that rosters him in our dynasty league, Stefania. Please speak it into existence if for Uh, yourself, if nothing else. uh, I'm I I am on a uh, TBD. On, on Kyle Pitts because I'm a little nervous. That John o. Smith move, I, I don't care what people say about it being you know complimentary. The, maybe they'll run more two tight end sets. Just, there's a reason they wanted a veteran tight end early. And Kyle Pitts ended the season injured and had surgery. So what I say to you is let's see what he's doing in okay. the spring. Let's see what he's doing at OTAs. Let's see if he's doing work. Let's see if he's fully going by training camp. Because those things are going to dictate a lot to me. I, I have concern that maybe he, things aren't going as well as um, everyone had hoped, and, and maybe that was oh. the reason that their antenna were up on securing another veteran presence at tight end. Uh, because, after all, we've talked about how deep the tight end class is, et cetera. So um, I just thought that was interesting. It was, last year was so tough. Five I'm not, fantasy I, points. I, look, I want Kyle Pitts to be the best version of Kyle Pitts. Yes. Yeah. And part of that is on how they run the offense, but part of it is making sure that he gets healthy. Every year we talk about a couple of these guys who aren't quite right at the start of the season. And if that should happen to be the case with him, I would hope they wait until he's fully ready because we need this young man to have a good, long, talented career. My body is rejecting anything other than the absolute most optimism possible surrounding Kyle Pitts. You know why? Because I used to believe (laughs) that a guy with that kind of skill set who was the most talented tight end prospect in many people's estimation ever Mm -hmm. could be that pedestrian through two seasons. Obviously, the first year doesn't score a single touchdown on American soil. Last year, he scored a couple. It's got got nowhere to go but up. It's another year. But but, uh, up was he was held under five fantasy points in six of his ten games while also missing six games. Disgusting. It has to go up from there. Stop talking. Stop stop bad vibes. Bad vibes.
I don't like him. All right. Deontay Johnson, going? this one has to go. This is easy, right? Deontay yeah. Johnson scored 53 fewer fantasy points that than one's expected. Go up. You want to know why? Because he's going to score touchdowns next year. <laughs> it's going to go up because he didn't <laughs> have any this year. He had 147 targets last yeah. year. If you tell me any tight, any wide receiver that's fairly competent gets 140-plus targets in the season, I'm in. Yes. You know my favorite in. team is during free agency? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Um, the Steelers. Because <laughs> they just they just they, they just don't because they don't do anything by whim. The Steelers are so confident, and I, I mean, look, there's a reason they've only had you know less than a handful of head coaches. They know what yeah. they do and what they do works, yeah. and so there are no surprises, no big like, oh my goodness, what did they do in free agency? So I just love that they hang back, watch. Yep, they'll draft the way uh, they always draft. They will. And they'll they be will. good again. Yeah. Generally speaking, they find it well. I should yep. say they, they always find a way under Mike Tomlin to at yep. least 500. Let's do two uh, Broncos wide receivers at once. However, they're on opposite ends of this argument. Yeah. Cortland Sutton underachieved last year. Jerry Judy overachieved last year. I think some people would feel like, wait, Jerry Judy overachieved? Well, he finished really strong last season, Daniel. He did. I think that this is one of those spots, especially since Mike's not here, that we just call it out where Mike just got this one wrong. Can we just say that? He's just a dummy and he just got Cortland Sutton. So why not? Yeah, exactly. He got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy wrong, guys. Um, This one was tough for me because I don't know how much of this to pin. I know there were injuries for these wide receivers, so that's a part of this. But I don't know how much of this to pin on the quarterback, the offense, the quarterback, the offensive line, giving the quarterback. There's so many moving parts here that it sort of feels a little bit like a wash because neither one of these guys were so far apart from each other. You know, I yeah, just, it's, like, it's all of the above. I a mean, little bit of everything. Last thing I'll throw into this before we dive into our analysis heavily is, where are these guys playing next year? Uh, that's a yeah. big question. Mm-hmm. Because there have been some messages suggesting that yep. either or both could be traded. Yep. And that, it feels to me... A lot uh, of, a lot, it feels visor. like there's a lot of chatter. A lot of chatter out there about what's oh. going to happen with their uh, <laughs> wide receiver core. And when you hire a coach and pay him somewhere in the vicinity of eighteen or twenty million dollars per year, and by the way, a by, great head coach in who's going to who's going to have carte blanche? He, he, he can do what he wants, he right? Can so do like what he wants. he's getting paid how much? I think it's like eight to something. That's the reports were somewhere in the eighteen to twenty million range. The fact that you were drafted in the first round three years ago doesn't necessarily mean the same level of organizational investment, right? So I, I'm pointing that out only because we see this all the time in the NFL, yeah. right? I mean. We see teams hire somebody new, and immediately the Raiders did this last year, right? It was like Josh McDaniels gets hired, and they're immediately like they traded a bunch of players or cut a lot of players right. that were invested heavily. I mean, yep. most recently it was Darren Waller who they gave a new contract to, but he kind of made his way there, <clears throat> excuse me, under the prior regime. So this stuff does happen. 
from time to time. But back don't to the forget, here. Tim Patrick was out all season too with <coughs> after tearing his ACL last summer. So there's another wide receiver to throw into yep. the mix. I I, I, think I love Tim Patrick. Very, you know, it's interesting. All the uh, all the buzz in uh, training camp and sort of the early work was that Russell Wilson was really bonded with Cortland Sutton, <coughs> that they were going to be this tandem, uh, and and that they had worked out you know pre training camp together, and they were really developing a rapport. And we kind of expected Cortland Sutton to be the one who thrived with Russell. Wilson there, but that we we all saw what happened. Last thing, I'll, last thing I'll say there is a little context. Adam Thielen, who recently signed with the Panthers, was on the Pat McAfee show and mm-hmm. talked about the other teams in the mix, and I believe it was three total, um, definitely two, and the team besides Carolina was Denver. Talking to Denver, well, like you know, on, on paper you're like, what do they need another receiver for? Well, if yep, if one of those guys isn't there, we know the answer why. Two Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. Daniel, what do you think? I want to talk about A.J. Brown. Holy cow, give me give me a little bit of time on this. A.J. Brown scored 60 more fantasy points than expected. I'm not sure why Mike didn't have him projected for more fantasy points. I certainly expected this out of A.J. Brown. He finishes wide receiver eight with 17.6 points per game. And I said this. I said this a million times heading into the season. Mike was making fun of me because I used this stat so much. His first three years in the league, he was 55th in routes run per game and 34th in targets per game. This year, he was top 20 in routes and 8th in targets. Finally, a team learned how to use what we have known A.J. Brown has been all along is this superstar wide receiver. And even though they are a run-first team who also have a really good kid in Devonta Smith, they found ways to utilize him in ways that the Titans didn't. Everything that we were worried about with him going from a, the most run-heavy team to the second run-heavy team, all of that ended up working out just fine. A.J. Brown is a legit superstar. He should be doing this for many more years. Stefania, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I was just looking back at this. Um, so I thought this was really interesting. Last year, ESPN unveiled a new stat, a new metric. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the most analytic-oriented person, but I do like some of these things when I say I try to learn more about them. And they have these receiver tracking metrics that they developed. And one of the things was um, one of the components of it was um, what's called an open score. And essentially, receiver's ability to get open. And you know who's at the top? A.J. Brown. Mm. Like It was really interesting to go through and look at A.J. Brown scored in the top in these metrics, not only an ability to get yard after the catch because of his physical style of play, but his ability to get open. And it's if if I were divining... Uh, a receiver getting open, I'd be thinking of somebody with a lot of just speed, right? That they're, they're going to have breakaway speed. They're going to be able to create separation. But really, it's AJ Brown's route running skills and his ability to, you know, basically outmaneuver a defender and create separation. open lanes for, yep. which made him so valuable. And I think that's part of why he was so fantastic for the Eagles this great. year. Last thing I'll say there for the Eagles is that they also have lost so many pieces. <clears throat> Excuse me on defense this offseason, they might need to score more this year, which they scored a ton last year, but they might have situations where they're throwing more in the fourth quarter. How about Daniel Jones, Daniel? Yeah, let's talk about... So here's the thing with Daniel Jones. 48 more fantasy points than expected. However, I feel like at the end of the season, it wasn't that unexpected because we saw him throughout the year continue to run more. We watched Brian Dable be able to get as much out of him as he did in spite of the fact that he was throwing to basically practice squad wide receivers, no offense to who they are. Um, but when you've got Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins as your top two pass-catching options, the idea that he scored 48 more points than expected 
was in huge part because he only had he limited his turnovers, only five interceptions, and he upped his rushing yards. So, uh, again, like I but talked about with Justin Fields, what happens this year? He's got to be able to. He's got to be able to progress in the passing game with the addition of Darren Waller and hopefully someone that they add through the draft or free agency while making sure that he's able to stay healthy. That's my only fear when we talk about these running quarterbacks, Stefania, and I see that 35, 40, 45% of their fantasy points come from the ground. That's great for us as a fantasy manager, but as a signal caller and a franchise quarterback for a team, it makes me nervous when they're out there being as mobile as they are sometimes. So I don't know. It's just a thing for me to to be able to think about and monitor as I keep looking at these guys. Yeah, I just think I I think we're probably going to see less running from Daniel Jones. Um it'll be interesting to see. I mean, look, their receiving core was uh, you know, it was it was name a guy any week in in terms of who was going to be able to sub in. And so if Except they have Kenny more Galladay. consistency, you care some carryover from the offseason, more consistency um all through the preseason workouts. And I I think this is going to look and feel a little bit different for Daniel Jones. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hold on, Field. I'm going to wrap things up while you hit that button. Wrap things up, Dave, with a couple of running backs here. Your thoughts on Nick Chubb and Tony Pollard. So here's the thing about Nick Chubb. 57 more fantasy points than expected is tough, in part because I stayed away from Nick Chubb this year. I, I, like That's your problem. I, it is my problem, and I'll, I will raise my hand and say that. I said this earlier in this offseason. Nick Chubb is amazing. One of the best pure runners One of the best the pure runners, and, and we have that has been proven time and time. He is so good. From a fantasy perspective— He's just not fun. He doesn't catch passes. He doesn't have, like, there's not the option to have a 45-point game, it doesn't feel like, from Nick Chubb. He is so steady. He is so solid. He is all the things that you could ever want in a game where we have pass-catching running back so much. He is one of the few guys that is able to do it without adding that to his repertoire on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what happens with this Browns offense as maybe Deshaun Watson is able to figure this out, offense out and things get a little bit more exciting for them. But Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. I don't think that's going to change anything next His year either. His style's not going to change. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Last, Last one is Tony, Tony Pollard. Pollard Stefania, who, yeah. Let's talk about the injury here for a second before we move into the actual analysis of his role and all that. Is yeah. it reasonable to think he could be available for week one and be himself? It's reasonable, but I think it's unknown. So, you know, as much as you hear all the good things, you know, Stephen Jones <clears throat> mentioning right around the combine time that, oh, they're all the confidence in Tony Pollard. By the way, if you've ever noticed the Cowboys, everybody's ahead of schedule. Everybody's ahead of schedule. Um, why have a schedule? Always. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, I think that uh, Tony Pollard, by all accounts, is doing well. That's what you want. 
But this is not the point in time where you know how he's going to look on the field. And straight line running and progressing your activity is not the same as being explosive, as being dynamic, <coughs> as being able to change direction. All those things have to come back. Can they? Sure. But we just don't know at this point in time. And I think that they definitely needed, um, knowing that they were going to get rid of Zeke, they had to have somebody else there. Uh, they 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 have is it Ronald Jones now that they've just acquired? That just Dallas, happened yep. today. Um, you know, they, and I still think they're going to draft another running back. They they have to have some insurance, and I don't know that you take a guy coming off this injury and suddenly say. I think everybody just envisions like the workload's going to be totally his now that Zeke is gone. He's going to be dominating carrying the ball. He might get to that point, but I don't think you load him up like that at the start of the season. Yeah, I don't Your know. Last thoughts here, Not really. I mean, about to go out. I'm really excited just to be able to see what Tony Pollard is able to do. But there's a lot. There's a, we, we've got a long road ahead of us until we get to the point where we're really making decisions on these guys. I think the big. So I, I think we're all going to be very bullish on Tony Pollard. The big question on Tony Pollard, in my opinion, will be this: is that when he got his opportunities last year, he was always fresh, and there are always optimal touches, right? Things that, that are are tailor made for what Tony Pollard does well. Yep. Perimeter runs, play in space, things like that. If he has to do more of the dirty work that Zeke Elliott did this past year, how does that impact Tony Pollard's efficiency? Has it impact his durability? All those things that I know Zeke was an easy target for a lot of reasons, but he did benefit Tony Pollard in that way. You're speaking my language. This is exactly what I kept saying last year. And maybe I had a little bit more uh, of, uh, maybe it was a little more hope than, you know, obviously we saw the decline in Zeke. Um, I I was forced (laughs) to acknowledge that, but he served a very useful role for the Cowboys offense. And he did exactly that for Tony Pollard. I felt like Tony Pollard was a stud in part due to the complementary role that Zeke played. Everything that you just said, Field, and I'm concerned about that too. So I feel like this is one of those situations where I look at Zeke and what Zeke was for this offense for so long felt like a lock in the bank for, just to put it in in the context of the way we were doing the show, like 1,000 yards and 35 receptions. 1,000 rushing yards from Zeke, 35 catches, seems like a fairly average, and and he was a workhorse doing that. Does Tony Pollard hit that? Does Tony Pollard have the ability to be able to... Oh, it totally has the ability. Right? So 100% then it, has the ability. The offensive line looks like it's taking shape nicely, too. Oh, there, there's plenty of potential here for Tony Pollard. The, I just... The touchdowns seemingly won't, unless he becomes that guy, seemingly won't yeah. be there. So will he get that additional value that Zeke got through the end zone through the passing game? Yeah, and the only thing I will say is just that, like, if there are people that are going to be out there consistently advocating for the ceiling of Tony Pollard... I might pull it down just a tag because I do think there's a chance that the Cowboys either add another back besides Ronald Jones or, by design, don't wear Tony Pollard out in the same way that at his apex they used Zeke Elliott, who was an every-down back who had you know 50-plus catches in the season, plus 300-plus rushes, rushes yep. 10-plus rushing touchdowns, 1,000-plus rushing He was a true yards. workhorse. Yeah. He, he was, was a I fantasy mean, legend for a couple of years. Najee ago. sort of feels like the la- – Najee, Derrick Henry, they're like they're the only two that really feel like they're still doing that, what Zeke was doing at that time. Totally. All right, we got to get out of here. Um, unless you have any final thoughts here that you wanted to close the book After on? you get done watching American Graffiti, go check out Easy Rider. Just like a little you know, trip down memory yeah. lane, a little history maybe. Also, uh, check out Inside the Den, I believe it's called. It's oh, my Lions gosh. I watched episode YouTube one. Series. Okay, yeah. Go How check about out that? Inside the Den as well. <laughs> I'll say this, and you're not going to want to hear this, but Sheila Fordham has done awesome. such an unbelievable job. Or just Sheila Ham. An unbelievable job. We always talk about how so much of this was Dan Campbell 
and Brad Holmes had this idea and they wanted to bring in this culture. And especially when you watch on Inside the Den, you realize Sheila brought in the people that they wanted to fit that culture. She deserves so much credit. I'm so pumped, so pumped to be a Lions fan. We don't have enough time for it. But right now, it's like I feel like I'm on cloud nine after watching 30 years of what was tough Lions football. You and I would ask you all to root on the Princeton Tigers. This is just okay. awesome right. for the good. Ivy sweet League 16. to get Princeton in the Sweet 16. I mean... Just just all kinds of history. And if you didn't see the quote that I posted from Mitch Henderson, who is their coach, he was on the squad that uh, beat yeah. UCLA in 96. That's and he amazing. was talking about, you know, one of their players has been a star in this game. And basically there were two segments in the presser and he was talking about how, you know, what kind of what he did in the game. And the next question later on, he was talking about how this guy was, you know, fluent in Chinese. That's then, amazing. He's like... Only and, Princeton, right? Yeah, right. You know, I was like, this hashtag student athlete. Like, it's a real thing there. And I'm really happy for them. And, you know, the women came close. Not quite there, but... Go, go Tigers. Tigers! Go Tigers! All right, we are back next week for Daniel and Stefania. I'm Field. We'll talk to you guys then. Peace. If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay. And you know that it's a fact. Every hater's gonna yate. Cause he's on TV every day. A spicy tomato who's got the stats and tweets that'll make you laugh. He's our favorite host and everybody knows his name.